Welcome to Between Data and Risk podcast. Today we'll be talking to Mandar Joshi, angel investor, media producer, who will explain to us the concept of integrated incubators and how they benefit startup development. Stay tuned. If you're a business owner or senior manager, you probably had more than enough about all the wonderful opportunities awaiting you in the era of digitalization. Whether it is big data, cloud, data science, or whatever buzzword is currently trendy. If you would like to hear someone dissecting these claims and showing you what it actually takes to improve business processes, you're in the right place. This is Between Data and Risk, where we discuss real life examples of what works and what doesn't in the world of business operations. Hello, I'm Artur Guya, Cognition Shared Solution Chief Risk and Strategy Officer, and with me is my co-host, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Sivia. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Between Data and Risk. Today, we'll be talking about startup support and investment through integrated incubators. And we're excited to have with us our guest, Mandar Joshi, angel investor and media producer, executive chairman of M-Strategy Global, who agreed to share uh, some of his experiences with us. Hello, Mandar. Hello, Arthur. Hope everything is good. Great. Great, great to have you here. So uh, we, you, uh, you, you promote this idea of, of in, incubating in, uh, sorry, in integrated incubators. You, you run an in, integrated incubator. Can you tell us, uh, before we start discussing kind of the implications, exactly what it is? What's the idea behind an integrated incubator? Yeah, Arthur. Uh... I'm a shareholder of a company called Venture Catalyst, which is today India's largest integrated incubator by number of deals. Uh, through our integrated incubator model, plus the two funds, which we have uh, regulated by the Indian uh, regulating body, uh, we have invested, we have done more than 500 startup investment transactions. So let me take you through what is an integrated incubator model. So usually the startups basically get mentoring through a couple of methods. The first method is accelerator. So when you have an idea, you go to an accelerator and they tell you the first level support of how to convert an innovative idea into a business plan on, on paper, okay, and how to start the business, but you are still pre-revenue. Mm -hmm. And then you go to an incubator. So people run an accelerator or people run and incubator. So in incubator, what happens is now you have a business plan, you have a financial model, you have an idea, you are still pre-revenue. Incubator will basically incubate you in your early years, like incubating a baby, you know, when there is a health issue or uh, the baby is weak and so on, you know, we put him, put him or her in incubator. So it is similar that, you know, in earlier months or years, business face a lot of challenges challenges are in terms of cash which is funding challenges in terms of customers which is opening doors to you know new business opportunities and so on so this is the job of the incubator to guide the startup founder through that and then the every startup founder you ask and what he or she wants the first answer you will get is funding so as a part of integrated incubator what we do is we also provide funding so you are accelerating a business idea, then you are incubating a startup venture, and also you are funding. Now the funding comes through different sources. 
the funding is through angel investors. So we have a syndication platform where there are more than 1,000 individual angel investors who invest uh, mm-hmm. in India. Uh, so, th- so these are smaller tickets which angel investors can afford to, to take risk or to, to invest in startups. Uh, and then we have our own regulated funds uh, to back us up. So the f- both the funds are 100 million US dollars each from where we invest in. Uh, so one fund is sector agnostic, the other fund is fintech focused. Uh, and there are methods, there are thesis of both the funds which are different. Uh, so we invest from the fund as well, higher tickets. So you are you are supported by angel investors with smaller tickets at an earlier stage of your business. When you grow and uh, it is not possible for small angels to support you anymore, the fund comes into picture and the fund gives you much higher funding. You're talking about a million dollar, two million dollar, up to five million dollars funding per startup that our funds provide to them. Apart from that, what we have is we also have a company in Bangalore called Incubate Hub. Mm -hmm. Now, what's the concept of this Incubate Hub is... uh, you know, you have large corporate, let's say Mercedes. Now, Mercedes wants to do some X innovation mm-hmm. in their automobile engine or let's say some, some case. Okay. Now, Mercedes has its R&D department. Mercedes has its research and development department. However, uh, there are a lot of startups in India who might be having this solution ready, available, cheap, fast and quickly available, basically for Mercedes. So what Incubate Hub does is it goes to these corporates and we have more than 100 corporates, large corporates in India. Mm -hmm. So we go to corporates and we say that, okay, what's in 2023 uh, you want to develop or what's your agenda for the R&D? Then we break down into pieces, not that every every piece of this we have a solution from our startups, okay? But probably there are 10 pieces and even if we provide two or three solutions, they they are good to go. Right. And then we go to the startups across India, not only our startups Mm -hmm. across India and see who has that solution. What happens here is the startup gets its pilot with Mercedes, which otherwise it would have struggled with small, small automobile manufacturers and don't know when they will get a pilot to do. It's it's a privilege for a startup to learn from uh, Mercedes engineers and so on. Mercedes gets their solution very quickly. Now, this is, of course, for the sake of podcast, I'm using Mercedes as a name. And Mercedes is also our client in India. But this this is now you can apply across industries. So now this is we call integrated incubator. So you have accelerator, you have incubator, you have angel investor syndicate network. You also have regulated funds. And you also have this access to large corporates to run your pilot projects or prototypes or tests and so on. So this is, we call it as integrated incubator. There are very, very few integrated incubator across the world, which have all these strengths. That's, that's absolutely amazing. I, I think it's uh, fine. I, I know that in example, in, uh, in some countries, they're operated like university accelerators and like over 95% of the startups which leave such, let's say, incubation period, they die. It's... Uh, uh, it's not helping them, let's say, grow or, or, or create a sustainable operations. It's just keeping them alive as long as they are, let's say, supported by, um, supported by, by the institution. And then when the institution plugs the... the um, it pulls the plug. 
when pulls the plug, it's uh, it's just dead. Uh, I wonder, like, what's the size of the companies that leave your protection so when 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 they are, let's say, ready to to go out? So they had this pilot project. They you have this couple of founders. They came come up with the brilliant idea. You you know accelerate them, incubate them, pilot them, and now they are ready to to take off. I'm uh, I, I'm wondering, like. When in such an integrated process you decide, okay, guys, now you are ready to be grown-ups, uh, go and do your stuff. Okay, good question. So <laughs> there is no right or wrong answer to this question, one. Mm-hmm. And secondly, it is not that I will tell the startup founder when he should go to the market. It is his business. It is not my business. So the startup founder will have the confidence that can I go now to the market? Now, like we said, you know, this kind of prototype or this kind of pilot project, you know, it, it, is, a, it is a kind of self-assessment for the startup founder as well. That am I ready? How many mm-hmm. questions are coming? Do I need to reiterate? Uh, you know, is this a viable solution for the market? Whether people will pay money for this product or it is just good to have, nice to have? All these questions are through a brainstorming process. So every startup is different. There is no formula that now you pass grade one, two, three, four, ten, now you go to university. It's not, it's not that way. So every startup journey is different. Sometimes what happens is the startup has two uh, complementary innovative ideas plugged into one startup. So it also happens that one idea is commercialized, one idea goes, while the second idea still needs some kind of iteration. So it is up to startup founder to, to decide, we guide. So we, we mm-hmm. cannot drive, we, we can guide that, okay, which direction to take and when to start, when to stop. Right. But uh, so you, you mentioned, you mentioned that uh, startup founders, they, they obviously the, the first thing they want is funding and that's kind of understandable in the situation they're in. But uh, you, you mentioned quite a lot of other supporters, mentoring, uh, guiding through various stages of the, of the company formation growth. Uh, how do you uh, identify the needs of of specific startups? Because uh, obviously, uh, I I I think in in my in my kind of experience meeting startup founders, some of them are very very business savvy and they have they have a, a good head on their shoulders. But some of them are are dreamers who have this vision and they do require a bit of guiding, a bit of mentoring. So. Uh, how, how do you how do you make them realize that, that that there is something else apart from money that is needed to run a business? So let me start with your uh, your sentence where you said that they might be dreamers. So let me give you background. Today, uh, because we are the largest in India, we receive around one thousand five hundred pitch decks every month. 1,500 startup pitch decks every month. So the, we have a team uh, to go through all these startups pitch deck and there is a curation process. Uh, so let's say if we are in, if we are getting 1,500 startups pitch deck, we are investing probably seven or eight uh, startups every month. Mm-hmm. You're talking about 0.5% of the startups who apply to us are actually getting funding from us and are actually part of our integrated incubation acceleration mentoring process, which means that 99.5% startups are filtered out. I think and it how the they question. are filtered out, exactly. So basically uh, we receive pitches 
we uh, analyze pitches we read through it there is a team uh, doing that and then some startups are filtered out at this stage and then the other ones we do a video call with them we ask certain questions they answer and then this series of video calls goes on for probably three or four video calls with each startup you know and then with each video call the questions become a little bit tougher we are assessing his understanding about business and so on and then when the startup passes through this solution this this incubation process mm-hmm. then the startup approaches our investment committee now on our investment committee we have very marky people so we have ex director of facebook we have ex director of yahoo we have ex ceo of one of the largest private equity firms in india uh and we have other five so we have very senior people to whom the startup founder will pitch and during that process they will assess whether he is a dreamer whether he is his his feet are on ground whether he is talking reality and so on if he is a dreamer and he doesn't fit in our criteria we are it is very easy for us to put him in that 99.5% box so we <laughs> actually filter out before funding it's not that we fund and then we think about oh now this startup founder suddenly is a dreamer now what do i do my my, my money and it doesn't happen that way uh so this is uh, i think this answers your question or there was another uh, part of the your question so what once once you have a a startup already on your platform or you you you've assessed him as 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 a viable viable business but you still you 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 did mention a, a mentoring phase and and certain requirements that they they may find uh they 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 need once they are on your platform So I'm I'm just wondering about the level of support that you provide them apart from funding and uh you know how 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 do you guide them so that that the funding is actually spent to the best of uh, you know in the best possible way I will try to I will try to maybe clarify because we had a discussion with uh, a fine gentleman early in our podcast he was a private investor and he was also working with uh, pretty big let's say investing hartle so to speak and he said that noticed that there, there is a problem that you you get the startup and uh, they receive funding and all of the sudden they become the smartest people in the world and they sometimes are not very receptive uh, towards guidance so it, it's all nice and dandy he was actually pretty evocative about he's coming from Europe and he was talking about american startups that uh there everything works perfectly everything is on the best track and everything will be fine and they are almost ready uh but he said that sometimes he just steps back he he he, he even if he put his you know money on he he does decides that you know just quarreling with them is just not worth the money so the question is how do you guide them how do you decide and how do you have mechanisms to actually like you 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 mentioned gap based mentoring on on the website so the question is how do you identify this gap how do you then guide the the maybe in india it's different maybe people are are humble all the way through no. uh, but but, but <laughs> in, in my experience someone who suddenly gets a lot of money has a tendency or is in danger of feeling like he's the smartest person in the world 
So how, how do you deal with that? So, okay, there are two parts to this question. <laughs> so yes, we encounter first of all that when they start receiving support and they start receiving funding, they start feeling that uh, they he is the, or she is the smartest person in the world and stops listening to other people and so on. Yes, we encounter this and there is no solution to the change in the attitude. Yeah, right, because it is very person specific and we have to deal with the situation. Now, again, we deal with each situation differently because the situation is different. It's not, again, a formula. Uh, however, this is one part. Now, second part, what happens is, you know, the startup ecosystem in India or in the Middle East region where I, I'm in Dubai right now and I'm mm -hmm. based in Dubai for the last 10 years. Uh, startup ecosystem in the Middle East also and India also is quite small in the sense that uh, there are funds who are investing in startups, but generally the fund managers know each other mm -hmm. in the system. Even the startup founders know each other. So, you know, uh, socially or community-wise or generally from the media and so on, or sometimes personally, you know, they know each other. So, and they know the, the power or the authority that Venture Catalyst brings on table. Mm -hmm. The startup founder knows. So what happens is because of that, this feeling of suddenly he or she becoming the smartest person in the world reduces because they know that everybody knows everybody. So today, if I see a change in attitude, okay, people talk to each other and then the next round of funding, because as a startup, you want to raise every six months or a year, next round of funding and higher and higher valuation and higher and higher amount of funding. Mm -hmm. And then you know that if... You know, the if, if it is not going very well, yeah. So uh, deep inside his or her mind, they know this. This, this, this is this is for for sure. We are still not Silicon Valley where there are multiple funds and there are so many startup founders that if not from here, then from there I will get the funding. It's not mm -hmm. it's not that that big ecosystem. Still, it's it's still growing. Mm -hmm. So this is the second one. Now I will get, come to gap based mentoring. Mm -hmm. The question you asked. <laughs> and as I, if you see all my answers earlier that I leave it to the startup founder. So what we do is we go to the startup founder and say that you have a fantastic idea. You seem like a, a, a very visionary guy, you know, very hardworking person. We feel like if we give you money, you will utilize it properly. Everything is good. Now you tell me that uh, what are you missing? So if, if you are very good in technology, we don't have to come and teach you technology. But maybe you are missing HR skills. You don't know how to grow the company, how to recruit the right people, how to motivate them, uh, how to structure ESOP for them, mm -hmm. right? ESOPs for them. Mm -hmm. So there are so many things. Now, so if you are missing HR, what we do is we have industry experts uh, within our community. So mm -hmm. we tag you to an industry expert or an HR expert and he will mentor you. So this is what we call as gap-based uh, mentoring, you know. Now, if you say that I'm fine in HR, I'm fine in technology, however, I'm not good salesperson because every techie is not a good sales. In fact, most of the techies are not good salespeople, you know. So we have to imbibe the skills in them or we have to tell them that, okay, hire a good head of sales, hire a good, uh, you know, a person who can grow your business, who can build your brand and so on. And we bring that person to him as a part of senior management or as a part of co-founder with a smaller equity. So all mm -hmm. these efforts, again, on a one-to-one basis, keep going on. Uh, and that, that's what we call gap-based mentoring. 
This is one. Secondly, during the video calls that I told you during the curation process, we are already assessing. It's not that that we fund. He is part of our system, and now we start thinking. Oh, now he is missing this and this. So we already keep assessing. Uh, you know, okay, one, two, three is okay. Four is missing. So now we can can we work on this four? If we can work on this four, there is a point in taking uh, the startup into our uh, umbrella. You know, under our umbrella. So you mentioned that techies are are are, are not good salespeople. Well, obviously, it's a generalization. I and I I I've no, it is a generalization. I'm I'm, I'm trying to yeah. say that nobody is uh, we, nobody has all the skills. Yeah, but, we, but I I wanted to ask you. So if if you were to give advice to 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 startups based on your observation of what they're what they're missing uh, usually, like if if you wanted to 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 see a better better preparation from the from the startup founders what advice would you give them to what what where they could really brush up on average obviously you mean the startup founders when they apply to us for the yes. yeah. or for any or, or for any funding because i th i think that your thinking is very wide and with uh, with this incubator uh, integrated incubator i i personally i'm uh, very appalling to me um feeling and uh, appealing and uh, but what i what i uh, what i think that some general attitude towards investors or preparing your business plan is general so so you know, we don't think that what you say applies only to india or or middle east we believe it's a good idea for any investor to be prepared to answer this question so don't don't think that we are asking specifically about about the indian market but let's say we have we have people especially young people who have idea for a product the question is like what is it that they need to think as well and they often forget good question i have to think uh, <laughs> i'm so proud of myself oh <laughs> <laughs> i made you think <laughs> with the with the risk of again generalizing the things It is okay. it, it is always the distribution. We, we we say it often here. It's always a distribution. There is never like a single answer to in business. Like you know, oh, this is always this. So there is always some generalization. So we we and our audience are prepared that they will get answer, which is if it's true in fifty percent of cases, it's already all right. So so yeah. so, so, <laughs> so let's uh, let's agree to that. Okay, I, I'll I'll mention to you a couple of things here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number one is I have seen a mindset in generally startup founders uh, uh, across the world because I have a couple mm -hmm. of not many. I think I have two investments in Europe and one in Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I have seen this uh, across the startup founders that there is too much focus on the need for funding, in the sense that I'm not I'm not undermining the need for funding and and the, the 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 funding that is required for a startup to grow however a lot of blame is put by most of the startup founders that oh i did not get that kind of funding at the right time that's why i am not successful today or <laughs> if you do not fund me then i will not be successful otherwise i would have been very successful so the blame is shifted to the investor that you did not invest in me otherwise i was supposed to be very successful but because of your funding so i see this mentality now this mindset is 
so the the need of funding as i said is is right it it is there however it is just a shift in mindset which is required that the startup founder should ask himself or herself why this investor is investing in probably so many other startups and not in me you know why am i not getting not only this investor but my, why am i not getting funded when there are hundreds and thousands of startup founders who are getting funded so let's go to the go back to the uh, you know brainstorming let's go back to the team and let's see what what exactly the investors require that i am not giving them on the other maybe hand maybe it is you... not a good financial model maybe i am not exactly showing them how the returns or you know the 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 global vision for example i'm 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 giving them very narrow vision or maybe i'm giving them uh, something which is beyond the imagination of investor and he is thinking or she is thinking that uh, you know this is too good to be true and it's not going to happen so come back to reality so either way you know this is one part that uh, 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 too much focus on the lack of funding and blaming the person who did not fund or who will not fund you uh, this is one part secondly i have seen another thing for a startup founder uh, a few startup founders are not good in numbers now to be good in numbers for an investor is extremely good because i am investing numbers in you and i am expecting some numbers from you right uh, i i see that startup founders are in love with their startup venture are in love with their innovation in love with their technology uh, they have to un understand that why an investor in investing in a startup founder not because he like yes because i like your technology i i like your personality i like your attitude everything is true but at the end of the day i want to make more money on my money by investing in your startup founder i mean everything boils down to that basic fact that i am investing money in you because i want three times five times 100 times money after 2 years 3 years from this investment so being good in numbers and calculations uh when you say that oh we will scale up globally this is a, this is also a basic thing that always oh we will scale up globally now what does that globally mean in number what do you mean globally there are 190 plus countries so which country you are focusing on how much is the market in that country how much is your addressable market how much you will you will get it now how much is that impact on your cost structure and the profitability is it a cash positive or a cash negative scenario when you are going to raise next round of funding say after 6 months or 1 year okay what kind of valuation you are going to reach i want to reach say 3x or 5x of valuation now take that calculation backward and justify to me how that 3x will happen that 3x will happen only when you achieve certain kind of revenue certain kind of profitability otherwise it's not going to happen so being very good and sharp on numbers to me is extremely important for a startup founder if i am investing so this is this is the second thing that comes to my mind uh yeah if if during the course of podcast if i realize another one uh, i will come back to this question but i think this these two are extremely important for me to be good with numbers and not focusing too much on receiving funding or not receiving uh, receiving funding so this is something uh, that we discussed with with, with arthur uh, is the difference between i wonder your your opinion like it's a it's a pretty wild wild, wild idea 
there is a difference between startups and new businesses. And my personal feeling is, I, I don't have you know, such extensive uh, experience, so I, I really would like to know your opinion and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that we are talking about the new businesses if they are mainly interested, in example, in getting new clients. Like, you know, I love the part of your, uh, of your incubation and integration of incubation is leading them. Okay, so this is your potential client. Try to work with them. Uh, the startup culture is like, okay, give me a funding and I will change the world and this is the vision and I will scale globally. The new business is more like, okay, I need this funding to be able to serve these clients. But the problem is like what you said, getting to clients. You are a new startup. You may have the best technology for making a part A rotate three times faster, whatever. Now, good luck getting to Mercedes. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get my popcorn and watch you struggle. <laughs> so uh, I, I really love it. But I, I wonder, like, do you see this difference between the startup mentality? Like, okay, give me, give me, give me funding and, 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 and shoe off. And uh, new business mentality meaning, okay, uh, this is the group of clients I need to get to. I need these funds to, to be ready and to, to, to get to them. How, how, how do you perceive? So uh, going by your definition of startup that you give me funding and I will look into what to do next is, is not what I'm, I'm expecting, of course, from a startup founder. Mm -hmm. uh, this is one. One thing I wanted to mention to you, uh, a difference between us and other incubators mm -hmm. also is you know, other incubators mostly have cohorts. So they have a three months or six months program, mm -hmm. incubation program, you know. So they take you through steps and after it's a, it's a course, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So after three months or six months, you are on your own, right? We, that was we, the we reason why I, on this aspect. That's why I asked the first question, like, when do you let them go? And I had a feeling that there is a difference. Like, there is no this answer. Okay, so yeah. they have six months to, 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 to be ready or they grow to 25 Point five person and then they go. So, so, no, so, so, we, so the simple answer to this question is we never let them go. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we are with startup founders. Now we have, we have created three unicorns in India and uh, wow. a number of uh, Sonicorns in India and we are still with them. Now, of course, we exited from them. And so the journey is not so what happens is let me tell you it is why it is not three months or a six months cohort program mm -hmm. is because we are with them together for two years three years four years and so on there are startup founders who who create a startup and then it gets acquired by another company after three years and then he is creating another startup the first people that he will come for the funding for the second startup is us because he knows that he got his first check and all this mentoring and guidance from us in the first one. And now he has exited. Now he's sitting on good funding uh, because his startup was acquired. However, for the second one, whenever, not only funding, if he requires some kind of mentoring, some kind of guidance, some kind of connections in business, he will come to us mm -hmm. because he knows our, our authority in the market or he knows how much we can help him mm -hmm. or her. Right. So, uh, it's so we never leave him or we never leave the start okay that, that that's that's actually the, the the correct answer to this uh and what was the second question i can't remember i was so engaged in the, in the <laughs> no, i think this was the, this was the question so let me while while marian <laughs> thinks let me ask another another one okay. uh, 
you 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 did mention that you have you have two funds. One is one is uh, kind of agnostic. One is uh, fintech oriented, and uh, you also have uh, kind of quite a, a stringent selection process. Uh, startups very often are uh, uh, recommended to to well, it's 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 basic marketing marketing technique. Define the, the, your client persona, right? But uh, I I was recently uh, attending a presentation by a startup uh, that. Uh, was uh, you know they had one website where which they addressed to both their clients and their investors and they were asked during their presentation why don't you have two two um uh two, two websites one one with a client experience and one with an investor experience and they said oh we want our investors to be the same as our clients and i thought it's it's it was a bit weird because it's nor- normally these these two two groups of people have very different needs very different mentalities and uh, uh, you know, startups I think should the same as they, they they create their startup persona, they should create their investor persona, and uh, look for a specific kind of investor to 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 provide them with the with the funding, but also with the guidance. Do you think that's that that's applicable from your experience? Yes, definitely. An investor is uh, is it has has completely different personality, completely different requirements than a, than a customer. Uh, I don't know which startup presented to you this, but I, <laughs> I, I would not approve this at all because it, it doesn't match because I'm an investor. Now, for example, uh, let's take the automobile startup. I'm an investor, but I cannot be your customer for automobile in India. I'm staying in Dubai, but I'm still your investor, right? And mm-hmm. then uh, as an investor, I could be a fund manager. So my core business is to map to manage my fund, invest in the right opportunities and get good invest return for my investors, right? So I cannot be your customer and, and vice versa. Every customer is not a startup investor. Uh, in, think- in this particular case, the, the, startups, the startup was uh, heavily invested, uh, well, heavy, heavily uh, uh, into blockchain and NFTs. And basically, I think personally that was an excuse uh, because they, 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 their presentation was very heavy on technology and they didn't really understand that an investor might not necessarily uh, understand blockchain and NFT technology in order to analyze the business uh, part of the proposition. Uh, so but they, 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 want, they wanted, it was almost an excuse for them to say, oh, we want, we want crypto specialists to invest in our business. And that's our I think investment. Specificity Can I ask you a question? You know? Certainly. Sure. Sorry, but Marian, you are saying something. If you have a question, please go. I, I just, I was just. Sure. Can I ask it. you a question, Arthur? Yeah, of course. Out of entire population who invests in cryptos and NFTs, how much percentage understands cryptos and NFTs from the investors? Uh, from the pre- the conference that I attended a few days ago, I would say that uh, uh, in the companies, a lot of people understand it because they they specifically they form almost a niche uh, kind of group. The people who invest into the into the market, like invest in cryptocurrencies and NFTs, no one. Exactly, most of the people are investing in Bitcoin because they're friend investor. Without understanding, yeah. most of the people are buying this chimpanzee with uh, goggles in NFTs because their friend did it. They don't understand the game. They don't understand the long-term impact of everything that they are doing. 
Now let me let me ask you another question. Okay, how many customers of crypto and NFT based startups understand crypto and NFT? I would guess also near zero. Very 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 poor uh, percentage of population understands this. So now mm -hmm. the startup in question, and I don't want to be very specific about whoever or whichever that startup you are talking about. So you are dealing with two persona. You are explaining to both of them something which both of them don't understand. And most of them don't now, care. You will only yet. create confusion, nothing else. Mm -hmm. Am I right or wrong? No, no absolutely. And uh, but it, and also, I think uh, you know if if you're if you're, a, you're you mentioned automobile uh, startups, uh, they they obviously have to look for investors who, that are interested in automobile industry. They probably wouldn't go to a fintech investor. So this is what I meant by creating your investor persona. You cannot just go to anybody with money and hope that they will understand what you're talking about. You have to, you you have to find a, a specific investor who is investing in the yeah. in in the sector, in the particular type of ideas, but also personality, right? Because you have to kind of find a, a, a match. Uh, in the, the, the similar tem temperament, uh, you know, worldview, that that kind of thing. Yes, I agree. I agree. On the on the other hand, it's like you have this uh, investors who just come to to uh, angel, you know, the investment groups, and they hope that there will be someone who knows. It's like your investors in 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 your. Uh, in your group, like, do they really know about what they invest in, or they trust you to select the, the sound, let's say, products and sound startups? No, like, so, uh, the, the individual angel investors who are investing uh, directly in the startup as a syndication on our mm -hmm, platform, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, they do know the startup. They talk to the startup founder. So how the process happens is after the investment committee approves. Uh, that this startup is to be funded and incubated and mentored and so on. Uh, we organize the startup video pitch calls with the community that we have. Mm -hmm. Now, the community is much more than, say, a thousand people. So any call is attended by, say, 100, 150 people based on their convenience and time. Mm -hmm. uh, each startup founder that our investment committee approves uh, does a pitch call for three or four times in different time zones. Mm -hmm. So one of the pitch calls is at 12 midnight India time, which is good for the US and Canada mm -hmm. investor because we have some community there as well. So one, one call is probably 6 a.m. India time because it is it is good for another and so on. Oh, so yeah. four uh, 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 calls happen. Now then what happens is the pitch call is probably half an hour per startup. So 20 minutes of pitch or 15 minutes of pitch and 10 to 15 minutes of question answers. Now all the investors don't get uh, opportunity to ask questions and they just heard the pitch so they have to think before they ask questions. So after a week or so, we organize another call. It is called deep dive call, uh, wherein we give entire floor to the startup founder for an hour, hour and a half, two hours. And there is no pitching on this call. We say that you heard about this startup X last week. And now we have a deep dive call. The call starts with questions and answers. It's a video call again. Mm -hmm. uh, there are slides mm -hmm. and there are there is a startup founder 
answering the questions of all the individual angel investors. And after the deep dive call, whoever is interested, it, it's an online process and they can, they can invest. So they are fully aware of, uh, and they are given all the material like the pitch deck or the financial plan or the business plan, everything is given to them by, by a standard email format that we have. It's a quite a long email and a few attachments. It's a standard templates mm -hmm. for everybody. So, uh, so this is also given. So they are completely aware of. Not only this, every three months after they invest, we have a follow-up review call with them. So we organize a video call of the same startup X mm -hmm. after three months or after four months and say that, oh, there are some review updates and let's have a call. So the startup founder prepares a few slides about the review updates. Whoever has invested comes on that call and they ask again question. This call goes on for an, for an hour, hour and a half again. Mm -hmm. So they are aware of. In this, now coming back to your customer versus investor question also, uh, in this review call, the startup founder says that, okay, now uh, I have reached this stage, right? And mm -hmm. I'm searching for a business connection in this company or this sector or this market or this geography on the review update call itself. Mm -hmm. And now it is up to an angel investor or an individual investor if he has his, his association, his community, his friend or his business relationship in that sector, that geography, that company, he can connect directly with the startup founder. But there is no compulsion on him. There is no pressure on any mm -hmm. of the investors. But the community generally helps because I invested in this startup. Why not if something good happens with my 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 my, my startup founder and all the investors uh, that have co-invested with me? Now, this is the, the model for the angel investors who are coming to the syndication platform and investing individually. Now, of course, when they invest in a regulated fund, we do not go the, so you have a fund manager and then you have a fund investment committee and advisory board and mentoring board. So mm -hmm. it's a different structure. So here we don't go back to the investors to every time present the startup. Mm -hmm. Then here the investors are trusting the business acumen and investment acumen of the investment committee, the fund manager and the advisory board. And they are basically, we invest ourselves. Here also every three months, we give them an update report about how many startups we invested. Uh, and now, you know, uh, what is the progress of each startup? Maybe a follow-on round happened from some external uh, fund or an investor. So we, we update them for all the startups together. I have a question because I like the model of this integrated startup is going to and through and, you know, helping the, the startup. Uh, like, I think more than 90% of startups, they actually fail to take off on average. Like, what is the success rate of, of your startup, given this extra boost of, of, of getting to client and, and like this really stringent selection process? Like, what, what's the success rate of, of the startups in your model? You will be surprised. Our success rate is more than 90%. The opposite of what you said. I'm not. I'm not surprised. Because I what said, has happened, you have to understand what has happened is we have already filtered out 99.5%. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the cream of the cream of 0.5% who applied to us. And after doing all this, if they are not successful and we are not successful, I think we should close down the business. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, our, our success rate, and it is surprising to most of other incubators and funds because nobody has probably achieved it. 
but our success rate is more than 90% of the of the startup and that's why we grew very fast in last uh, it's been only five and a half years since we we started you know we started in 2016 mm-hmm. uh, six years probably but uh, and, yeah, and we, we grew to this level and when uh, you mentioned that you 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 did launch uh, a couple of unicorns uh, i'm i'm just wondering uh, when when they they came to you if if you remember that uh, uh, are these businesses that you kind of from the start you see oh these guys are going to be big and uh, kind of uh, uh, you you get that feeling or are they is, is it is it more kind of that they they start to shine at some part of the process where the you know the customers start biting the market is favorable uh do they do they have something from the start or do they do they grow that that unicorn uh, nature no they have always something from the start they don't go, they they grow further but they always have that spark from the start what happens is unicorn is the concept of unicorn is very glamorized it it is it's like sounds super sexy you know i'm a unicorn but to me the 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 value that uh, a 900 million dollar startup has created is almost equal to a 1 billion dollar who has created <laughs> so we cannot tell you that which one is unicorn and which one is not okay but we know that this startup will be successful now success might be 100 million dollar valuation and 200 million dollar valuation not a billion dollar valuation for us because we are going at idea stage this is one thing that you have to understand that the at idea stage, we are going at a very low valuation. So tomorrow, if the startup is a $50 million uh, startup, right, after two, three years, uh, we have done our multiple already, you know. So, but, but to answer your question, the, the, there is always a spark. In fact, the other things happen. So, for example, there were, uh, the, there are good startups, uh, not in our case particularly, but generally there are good startups, good startup founders, and then COVID hit. So when pandemic hit, they faced those challenges which neither we thought of, neither they thought of, n- nobody thought of, right? And then here, what happened is it it actually negatively affected their growth. A couple of startups probably not closed down, but basically, uh, you know, uh, reduced the size and so on. And it, it affected our investments also. But then things like this, now, now the last six months, the, the rumors of war, may break out you know the international war may so these kind of rumors don't help the startups to to grow because then people go back to their shell and they are not ready to support and take that risk with the startup founder we have been investing but i'm talking about generally the 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 mindset in the market so because of this uh, the reverse has happened so the startup founder was good the startup is good however something happened which is we call it in legal language force majeure mm-hmm. and something happened and because of that we thought of higher thing, but it he or she could not achieve. This I, has happened. Uh, you you mentioned the crisis, and uh, I wonder because we we had this discussion in with with uh, Yu Chan, who was the investor that we spoke with, and we spoke how important is resilience at the startup level, and uh, we we let's say in our work we. We help build resilience companies. Our motto is the uh, uh, resilience of operations worth having. So I wonder how much the the resilience is important for startup investors or for startups. Like because it's a bit of a trade off. It's 
where you go, you know, uh, headlong and you you grow, but you cut some corners and and your your, your growth may not be as resilient, or you build, let's say, resilience, but maybe at expense of some of the growth achievable because you you want to have i don't know spend more time training your people or or introducing some you know internal processes then you could spend this energy or money on 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 i don't know marketing so the question is how how, how do you with your success rate uh how do you how do you perceive resilience is it like a nice have must have or like you have it well higher must have I think resilience in a startup founder, having it or not having it, defines a lot about the success. Uh, and, so and resilience, the resilience of yeah. operations of the of the startup itself, because yeah. the personal resilience is one thing, but but the operational resilience is is a, a resilience. I think as a person as a person you have or you don't have, you had your lifetime of experiences which led to resilience. I don't think it's something that you can achieve in a year of even the best mentoring or coaching i may be wrong we need to ask some psychologist one day but in, in my in my personal experience it's resilience comes from the lifetime of experience the resilience in the company it can be developed so, so I, I see these two a bit too different yes resilience in the company can be developed and who will develop that the startup founder it has to be the yeah it has to be I, can, I, I as an investor cannot go from outside and develop resilience in his company. He has to develop it. Now, why a startup founder will develop resilience in his company or her company if he or she himself or herself is resilient in his or her life? So I, I cannot develop something for the company or operations if that is not inside me. I, uh, but I that, that, that is getting... something that you can mentor into the into the founder, right? I I, I can think of just one, of a one very well known company where the investor or the owner is very resilient man, and yet the operations that he creates they don't sound that resilient. Uh, very specific case is... you are talking about. Yeah, but 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 yes, it is a specific case, but it's a it's a pretty pretty well known right now. Uh, the, I know what you're talking about. I think everybody. Does. <laughs> it's, 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 it's funny that you know, you, you can be as vague and like pretty much ninety nine percent. No, no, no why is for guessing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, no, no, but it, it answers. But okay, so let's. Uh, I have another question. Mm. I, so whatever I, I, we are I, talking here is always at the risk of generalization, right? Yes, of course. Yes, yeah. it, it's always. Yeah. It's like. It's always a distribution. So this is my personal opinion that you know uh, resilience mm -hmm. in operations is extremely important, and generally the startup founder, if in his life or her life, he or she is not resilient, it's difficult to bring the resilience <laughs> in the operation. I agree. Uh, if, if if the other way is possible, yes, I am very resilient in my life, but I could not bring the resilience in the operations. This is the case you are talking about. Is possible? Yes. Yes. Yeah. However, yeah. I'm not resilient in my life, and I'm bringing resilience to the operations is impossible, because what is in, <laughs> not in me, I cannot bring it. And uh, your question, but, Arthur, but is, it's a, a commodity you know, as well, isn't it? It's like you you realize that you are not resilient. You can you can as like with the I'm not a great salesperson. I'm a terrible salesperson myself, but I can get someone 
who will do the sales. I think resilience is also a commodity. I, I don't fully agree. Resilience can be built by, 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 by proper application contractors. of the contractors or, 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 or employees. It's like if I have a very resilient, I don't know, co-founder or, or, or I don't know, C, COO, uh, I can, if I realize the importance of resilience and I realize in my life, however, how can the people not resilient get to the level where they get funded by you? You sift out uh, 99.5%. I guess the guys who have the mental power to stay in the process and survive all of that, they are already resilient. Yes, they are already resilient. Exactly. They are already resilient. So again, if they are resilient, there is a hope that they will bring that resilience to the operation. There is a hope. They may or they may not, or they may from bring from outside. However, mm -hmm. now, for example, you are saying that uh, you I'm not saying you're saying that you are not a good salesperson. I don't agree with that. But let's say you are not a good, good salesperson and you are a startup founder. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then you say that, okay, I'm not a good salesperson. Let me bring another good salesperson so that my sales growth marketing can be taken care of. Mm -hmm. Now, this thought comes from where, Marian? This thought comes from experience. the need for resilience, which I cannot fulfill myself. Mm -hmm. Now, the, yes, the, yes, the, yes, to absolutely. start all this is, is the thought coming to your mind that there is a need for resilience. Now, somebody who is not resilient in his or her life will not bring that thought to the business also that he will always say, oh, I'm fine. Okay. I'm okay. You know, why should I take extra efforts and bring another person and so on? Point taken. Yes, yes, I, I, I have to agree. I have no choice. I have one, one, one last yes, question. Are, no, uh, my question, again, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, mm, I would like to ask about, I would say, the, the dangers, like on, on different stages, because I, I love that you have this long process and you are not leaving the incubators and it gives you pretty unique insight into their lives. It's not like you watch them for, I don't know, with two, three months and you let, let them go. Like, from your experience, uh, like what are the critical moments? It's uh, where the startups they face the the greatest ch challenges or, or or dangers. Well, we have let's say our own thoughts on, on it, but uh, I, I really wonder, like at the risk of generalization, of course. Uh, but like you know, where are the moments where the things were operated smoothly? Suddenly, you know, there is some rattling. Some, you know, folks are, you know, getting out. There are sparks. What are the danger moments for, for uh, at, at, during this this whole journey? Uh, the first danger moment is uh, startup founder breaking down because of a failure. So because of a rejection or he gets tired of the rejections because rejections is a part of life. Startup world is not that fancy, uh, you know, which the outside world thinks. It's, it's, a, it's a very cruel world for a startup founder. It's, it's, it's not going to be easy. I'll tell you another thing also. Uh, this is one, basically, breaking down of the startup founder uh, and uh, probably persistence or the feeling of having it enough. Uh, having it enough is on both sides. So mm -hmm. having enough of rejections and now uh, enough of it, you know, uh, and having enough of growth. So there is also a feeling in startup founders, oh, I'm already now a $100 million company. I started three year, years back. I see this 
after after going to a level uh, they have this feeling that I, I have grown too much like i have achieved what i wanted to achieve now now kalas let me you know let me exit or let me take a back seat and the other people drive the business so this also comes much earlier than uh, you know uh, uh, going to the full potential of the business so uh, th these are a couple of things that i feel are very important uh, not breaking down with rejections and failures and keep mm -hmm. doing it of course learning from it uh, mm -hmm. you know not uh, breaking your head on the same wall again and again but learning from it and at the at the at the second uh, is you know having that feeling of oh i have which i think at the start of the call we said that he becomes or she becomes from a smartest person in the world so that is one thing that that is that is a big danger uh, for a startup business the moment you have that attitude everything starts crumbling down in no time the, from I, our experience, I think this is... no. I what, one more confirmation. In our experience, there is this this uh, breaking point when the startups grow beyond. I don't know, at the risk of generalization, 30, 50 people. When it's not enough that people, that the founders can run the business, they need to delegate it to others. Uh, how do you perceive this moment of of of? Uh, hmm, Moving from doing stuff by the founders who know well what they are doing into delegating stuff uh, is it a is it a problem in your experience or is it is it is it something that usually goes smooth no no it, it is a problem you are right it is a problem because again the startup founder as I mentioned earlier somewhere in the call uh, on the podcast that uh, the startup founder is always in love with what he has innovated what he has mm -hmm. created what she has. Uh, what technology she has built, mm -hmm. you know, always in love. And this love, this emotional connect, uh, you know, uh, doesn't allow the startup founder to delegate certain tasks which are to be delegated. Uh, but then, uh, you know, a time comes when you're not supposed to do what you have been doing to reach this stage. So now you have to, so basically you you will go to the next step only if the people from, down will push you up. Now there have to be people who will say that, don't worry, I will take care of your job. You go to the next step now. Uh, but this also, now this thing can come from mentoring. So sometimes this is where, you know, uh, like I, you were saying that some, some things can come from mentoring and I kept on saying, no, it has to be internal for the startup founder. But this thing can come from mentoring. This thing can, you know, sitting down together with the startup founder, explaining to him or her and then they understand so but yeah this is this is also a danger you're right you're right i agree uh, i i think i think this this kind of uh, brings uh, brings this whole into uh, into perspective because you know founders really uh, any anyone any founder who who listen to this episode will will get a, a lot of practical insight Kind of because it was a very serious discussion. I think to finish a bit on a on a lighter note, uh, I I did hear you speak once uh, at a, at an event, uh, and uh, uh, I remember you mentioned a story where uh, one um, uh, one kind of pitch uh, came to you, and uh, uh, the guy was making co uh, ice cream cones, 
Yeah. And you 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 asked him uh, what was his potential uh, potential uh, customer base, and he said it's the whole world because everyone eats ice cream. Yeah, he said uh, he has eight <laughs> billion potential customer. Those days it was seven billion. So he said, I think seven. <laughs> he said seven point five billion people. They're his potential customers, which is which is true. Yeah. I mean, I mean, babies don't eat ice cream and. A uh, lot of old people are diabetic, so we have to. But <laughs> but it, it was very funny. It, it it's it's this kind of mentality that I think is the, is the dreamer one. Uh, thank you very much for 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 sharing these experience with us. Uh, if people want to, obviously, you, you already get one and a half thousand pitches every month. But if you wanted to get a few more, or people wanted to reach out and. Uh, you know, get get a bit more uh, out, uh, of of your wisdom. What's the best way to to reach uh, reach you and uh, contact you? I think the best way is to reach me on LinkedIn. I am very frequent on LinkedIn. Of course, on LinkedIn also I have a huge backlog of things, but that's the only way uh, we get it. And before we end, I would also like to say that uh, we also produce a TV show, reality show in India. It is called Horses Table. Jojita Vaisikandar. Yes. Jojita Vaisikandar means winner takes it all. Uh, it is similar to Shark Tank or Dragon's Den. Mm -hmm. uh, the show is in Hindi. It comes on national news channel in Hindi, in the national language of India. Mm -hmm. And uh, we produced our four four seasons. And if you have some audience from India, apart from the... So this mm -hmm. is my personal venture with other... So this is not related to Venture Catalyst. Mm -hmm. uh, however, if... Somebody we'll wants to, to come it. on the show. There is a curation process for the show. We need another podcast for uh, how do we curate startups for the show. <laughs> but uh, that, that's <laughs> when we'll, if somebody is in uh, from from India yeah. who is in your audience and can speak Hindi, understand Hindi, uh, we uh, we welcome him on the show as well. We will we will we will link to 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 it in the description of this episode for sure. Yeah. Yes, we will we'll put all the links. So uh, look below if you're on uh, on on YouTube or or uh, you know ev everything will be will be provided. Again, thank you very much for uh, for uh, for uh, spending the time with us and 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 sharing this this knowledge. It's been very useful uh, to us, and uh, let's hope it's of use to someone else as well. Thank you for listening. We sincerely recommend you check out Mandar's content on LinkedIn as well as have a look at Venture Catalyst, India's first integrated incubator. As usual, the link to the reference will be available to the notes in the episode. Also, don't miss the next one, where we'll be discussing the franchise business model and how it relies on business process frameworks with Bob Volt, managing partner at the Volt Consulting and Accounting Services. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or visit bdr.show to find out more about future episodes and guests. You can also check out Cognition.llc for more information on Cognition Shared Solutions, our services and other events hosted by us. For now, it's thank you from myself, your friendly neighborhood data guy, Dr. Marian Sidiak and my co-host, Artur Guja. Thank you. <laughs>